Hello, we are back with the Urbanize podcast. Now we're on episode six. Today, I'm sitting here with Minji, a PhD student studying urban studies at the Toulon School of Urban Planning at Portland State University. Her background is um, she has a master's and bachelor's in urban studies from Yonsei University in Seoul, South Korea. Hello, Minji. Hello. Hey. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get into our questions. Question number one. How does public participation inform your practice or how has it informed your studies? Um, I think urban planners should work for the interest of public, not for just benefits of a particular individual. However, planners are also people with their own backgrounds and identities, so they cannot fully understand public interest. If we go to the field based on what we have learned at school, there are many different opinions in the field. Public opinions are sometimes more important, valuable, and professional than the views of the experts in my field. So I believe public participation is very important in my field. Of course, uh, it is very time-consuming and costly, but it can give us new insights and directions for alternatives, and also it helps to define the problems and evaluate outcomes of planning. Okay. So we're going to go into question number two. Are outreach and communications uh, treated as different practices or skill sets? I do not think outreach and communications are treated as different skill sets. Mm. So it is just my own opinions. But regardless of my practice and academic field, I think uh, when we think of these two things are different, Mm. uh, power relations can be reflected in outreach. Mm. So, in fact, I don't know what the exact meaning of outreach in the U.S., but the outreach in Korean means the institutions help citizens Mm -hmm. in one direction. Mm -hmm. That is, citizens become beneficiaries. Okay. And institutions act as subjects for citizens. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as I mentioned above, I do not think that outreach has the uh, has these relations. Mm -hmm. Plan planners can learn through the residents. And citizens also can gain something through mutually communication. Mm. So I believe that the meaning of a words has a great influence on people's behaviors and mindset. Mm. 
So I usually use activists, activities or communications instead of outreach or volunteering. Mm-hmm. Also, in this regard, I do not think outreach and communication requires uh, different skills. It's the similar activities, I think. Okay. That sounds good. So let's see. Uh, for question number three, how do you and I guess your organizations, meaning like the schools you've gone to, how do they um, how do they frame professionally balancing public engagement with policy and implementation? Currently, Korea, especially Seoul, is making efforts to include participatory process in decision making. Uh, actually, since Korea had a centralized and vertical govern, gov- governance, mm-hmm. public engagement was difficult to achieve. Mm-hmm. And many people still prefer top-down approach because they believe it is more cost-effective. Mm-hmm. However, Recently, participatory processes were realized on matters with high public interest, such as Korean SAT mm-hmm. or nuclear power plants. Mm-hmm. Also, the mayor of Seoul has introduced various citizen participation experiments with the slogan citizens or the mayor of Seoul. He supports <laughs> various public engagement projects regardless of the characteristics of projects. Mm-hmm. So his ultimate goal is, I think, mm-hmm. to rediscover the value of neighborhood rather than to make a specific policy through public engagement. Yeah. Uh, but there are many opponents of these policies because it is based on taxes and they believe that governance ability is not enough to carry out participatory planning. Mm-hmm. And I also agree with these opinions because when I saw the result of participatory processes, it is doubtful that they analyze they analyze the mm-hmm. citizens' opinion properly. I think the government wants citizen participation, not real inclusion them. Yeah. In other words, in the end, the government draw conclusions they want. And I think uh, it is not surprising that citizens who experienced these processes mm-hmm. think the process without public engagement is better because it is more cost-effective. On the other hand, I also think that these attempts should continue in order to develop, in order to develop the government's capabilities mm-hmm. uh, to balance public engagement with policy and implementation. Uh, I think there is nothing that can do well from the beginning. Yeah. So. 
was just yeah. like starting out. Yeah. I have two questions for you. Does, what's the name? What's the name of the mayor in Seoul? So if people want to look him up, they can. Wonsun Park. Wonsun Park. Park, yeah. Okay. And earlier, were you saying that the citizens, like, so it sounded like Wonsun Park was like he was starting out to put out more public participation processes, but then, like, it was more so like kind of almost like tokenism like hey look at what we're doing but not really getting the voice of the people like the people had a voice but they didn't have a deciding say in what happened mm, some opinions are reflected on the real outcome mm -hmm. but i think not many opinions just little okay and like the last thing you were saying is like with the people, the way they felt about it. Are you saying that some people felt like if, if public participation wasn't going to go like to the way of empowerment for the people that they might as well just continue with business as usual with like the vertical structure? Um, I think mm, people do not believe the government's ability to uh, to collect citizens' opinions mm -hmm. or uh, capability of public engagement. Mm -hmm. So it is. It cannot solve by public empowerment, mm -hmm. but the institutions should have more effect, have more efforts on public engagement. That sounds good. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. We are back with the Urbanized Podcast. My name is Wally Brown, and today I am here with Minji, repping Yonsei University, and she's enrolled as a uh, PhD student at the Toulon School of Urban Planning, studying urban studies. Hello, Minji. Hello. Okay, so we're going to keep going. All right, question number four. Do you consider public health to be related to your work slash studies? In fact, I'm not sure how strong power public health has in Korea mm -hmm. because doctors and pharmacists have too strong power in Korea. Oh, wow. <laughs> Nevertheless, I believe public health is highly linked with urban studies mm -hmm. because urban forms can affect public health and also public health can influence urban design. Uh, for example, suburbanization in the US mm -hmm. makes people prefer cars mm -hmm. and it caused various public health problems such as obesity and air pollutions. Mm -hmm. Conversely, as people 
people become more interested in public health, planner, planners also began to focus on active transportation rather than automobiles. Mm -hmm. So I believe that cities can be used for public health since uh, they have huge possibility to induce many nudge effects. You said nudge effects? Yeah, nudge effects. Okay. <laughs> so let's go to question number five. What would you consider to be the two most closely related disciplines to your field, urban studies? It's too difficult question mm. <laughs> because I think urban studies itself is a very broad discipline. Mm -hmm. uh, so honestly, I cannot even define urban studies. Yeah. Uh, and I think urban design is likely to be most relevant to architecture or psychology. Mm -hmm. And environment or disaster fields are likely to be related to science or engineering. Mm -hmm. And transportation in urban studies is likely to be linked to civil engineering. Mm -hmm. And as many uh, schools in Korea and the U.S. deal with transportation issues in both departments. Yeah. But uh, my interest field is planning. Yeah. <laughs> but it is most difficult for me to answer what is the most relevant field to planning. Mm -hmm. uh, when I think about the researches I have done before, mm -hmm. um, there are topics such as conflicts in location selection and conflicts result from discrimination against multicultural context mm -hmm. and job polarization in labor markets mm -hmm. and income inequality and place attachment. Mm -hmm. So it is difficult to put them into specific fields. Yeah. But if I have to choose one field, uh, I think it will be closest to the sociology mm -hmm. because planning does not deal with just physical space. Uh, it is a study about various people in there and their relationships and lives. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm not sure and I hope I can answer this question properly at the end of my PhD program. Yeah. I think you will. That was a good answer. Thank you. So, like, urban studies is like a tree, and like each specialization is like a branch? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So, let's get to question number six. Do you consider interdisciplinary approaches necessary or at least desirable to practitioners in the field? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, in PSU and also in Korea, many students majoring in urban studies take classes in a wide variety of fields. Mm -hmm. And in my case, I was an urban engineering student in Korea, 
So I had a lot of opportunities to talk with other engineering students. And also I took classes in sociology, cultural anthropology, mm-hmm. education, and international development and public affairs. They had different perspectives on even the same situations. Mm-hmm. In this process, I was able to reflect on what my own view is and what identities I have. But the school I attended had a lot of requirements courses, yeah. so I did not have a lot of options. Yeah. Um, however, if possible, I recommend taking a variety of courses in as many departments as possible. Mm. Because I think urban studies can be linked to knowledge in any field. Mm. Even engineering knowledge can help to design smart cities, I believe. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go to question number seven. How do you how do you measure outcomes within your field in terms of project analysis and public engagement? Actually, I was an engineering student before, mm-hmm. and the department I attended tend to be tend to prefer quantitative research method mm-hmm. so I have been thinking a lot about a direct or indirect methods of measuring outcomes mm-hmm. and I have read related papers however the more measurements I found the more confusion and skepticism I had for example, oh. uh, we evaluate a policy that mitigates residential segregation. Mm-hmm. We should measure the change of the degree of segregation. Mm-hmm. However, it leads to different results depending on what geographical scope are set and the opera- operationalization of segregation. Mm-hmm. If we measure the degree of racial mix in a classroom, calculating how many whites and blacks are in the classroom and measuring how much they actually mix in the classroom will make different conclusions. Mm -hmm. Also, if we include other racial compositions such as yellow, it will make a new conclusion. Mm-hmm. So, I think the measurement of public engagement is similar. Mm. The number of participants does not mean how much people's opinions are actually reflected. And I think the attitude that numerically quantifies the degree of public engagement and thinking that more people involved means a greater outcome seems to ruin the real meaning of public engagement. Yeah. Also, 
despite the importance of measuring outcomes and feedback process of project, uh, it sometimes makes planners and participants discouraged because good pro process cannot guarantee good outcomes. Yeah. Uh, the problems that planners should deal with are too complicated, but planners are not perfect. Um, since measurement of outcomes is often used to ask for responsibility for results, mm -hmm. so it can make people conservative. Yeah. However, in reality, we cannot avoid measuring outcomes, and I cannot share yeah. which method is the best. It looks like there are too many indexes and indicators already. Yeah. And I think bef before thinking about any more measurements, hmm. we should think about what it the mo what is the most proper and uh, right method when existing ones draw different conclusions. Okay, so in that respect, are you saying like instead of making new metrics, kind of evaluate the ones we already have mm -hmm. and maybe delete the ones that don't work? Yes or no? Like, do you mean, so it sounds like... There are too many indicators already. Yeah. So we should have efforts on what me what measurement is proper rather yeah. than making new measurement i see that i i think i understand what you're saying i just feel like let's say we have different tools for measurements and we want to decide which ones are best yeah I feel like someone's going to ask, like, well, how do you know if it's better if we don't measure it? So we're going to end up measuring the measurements to see <laughs> which ones are more effective. You know, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> it's very complicated. Yeah. I have one last question for you. Okay. So since we can never have, like, when it comes to planners creating tools to for public engagement for facilitating it like you spoke of how like even though we have like a good process it doesn't guarantee good outcomes mm -hmm. what do you think about the idea that like the the goal of a good process isn't necessarily to guarantee a good outcome but just to make good outcomes more likely In reality, mm. good outcome is considered as the more important factors, mm -hmm. but ideally, mm. good process is also important, I think. Yeah. But <laughs> as I mentioned before, yeah. 
good process cannot guarantee the good outcome, so it is difficult problem. It's a wicked problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This is Minji. One more time, she's a PhD student here at the Toulon School of Urban Planning at PSU, has a background in urban studies, both a master's and a bachelor's from Yonsei University. Thank you so much for coming by.